Hello, you're listening to your favorite podcast, Not Another Sports Podcast. And before we start our episode, we want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to all the fans who've been supporting us to this time. And if you're a new fan or just now listening, uh, make sure you subscribe and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Not Another Sports Podcast and at Twitter, N underscore A underscore S underscore Podcast. Now enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast, not another sports podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And make sure you follow me on all social media at Rob with them. I'm here with my co-host, Kevin and Jordan. Yo, this is Kevin. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Shine Kevo and also Vice City underscore Kevo. Yeah, and this is Jordan. You can follow me on Twitter at this underscore guy eleven and on Instagram at underscore this guy eleven. And in the wake of uh, recent events, um, i.e. the coronavirus, the um, global pandemic we're currently dealing with, we decided to make an episode about our, um, basically our fantasy all-time team of current players and all-time NBA players. And um, with that being said, uh, the game is changing. Especially in the um, at the guard position, but um, kind of with the forwards too, but mainly at the guard position. Um, one is everyone's getting younger, and um, uh, three point shooting is uh, the key skill, is what I'm trying to say, basically. So, with that being said, I went with um. Trey Young as my point guard and Ja Morant as my two guard, so technically they're uh, interchangeable. But um, since technically the season's probably going to be ended right now, this is probably going to be the end of the regular season. Um, uh, ja Morant is going to be the, the rookie of the year. That's definitely. And Trey Young has been hooping in Atlanta. That's really it. I mean, that's really all they had. He undersized, so his defense is a liability. But uh, I know some guy who um, who will be discussed later in this episode. But some some guy he seems to be pretty good. Who won uh, two MVPs? One of them unanimous, and um, he was considered a okay defender and undersized. But you know what do I know? Um, so with that being said, I'm gonna move on with my team. Uh, my forward, I went with. Um, Kawhi. Uh, I feel like he's top two and arguably still the best two-way player in the game right now. So, I mean, even though he don't play every night. That's Lowe's management. That's his thing. It is what it is. Um, <laughs> my other forward, I went with KD. Uh, seven foot with handles of a uh, any guard. With handles and the shot of any guard. How can you defend that? And he's an underrated defender. I want to see, um, is his defense going to still keep up now that he's gone from Golden State? But um, those last couple years in Golden State, I watched him grow as a defender, and I don't think people talked about that. But, um, yeah. 
my uh my last starter in my lineup, I went with um probably gonna say an unconventional pick, but I don't care, it worked for my lineup. I went with JaVel McGee. The notes were rebound and bother everything at the rim. Literally what he does for the Lakers now. What um make the plays that come to you. Don't go out there and do too much. Don't don't get uh don't cause turnovers. But you are here to rebound and bother everything at the rim. My sixth man, I went with uh probably the greatest um six man of all time, Lou Will. Three time um six man of the year. Uh, once in 2014 with Toronto and then he won the last two with um, the Clippers and he's the current sixth man of the year so that's the obvious pick and my head coach I mean, my, yeah my head coaches technically two people but um, I went with Mark Jackson slash Steve Kerr now, I don't think Mark Jackson gets his fair due credit for those um Warriors success, especially the earlier the the first Warriors team that won the championship. That was Mark Jackson's team. But uh Steve Kerr, I'm gonna just uh, give you some highlights from his resume. He won three rings with uh the Bulls and Michael uh Jordan. He won two rings in um San Antonio with David Robinson and uh Tim Duncan. And obviously he won those three rings with the Warriors as their head coach. But um yeah, I feel like uh, I have a pretty solid lineup of shooters and defenders. Um, <laughs> everyone except JaVale McGee is a jump shooter. So. That being said, I told y'all what JaVale McGee is here for. Um, so, yeah, I feel like uh, my, my team would make some noise. So. I really like your list, but um, to start off with my list, I'm going to go with Damian Lillard as my point guard. Uh, Damian Lillard is an assassin, uh, 60 on any given night. He's the type of leader you want on your squad. He has made big shots after big shots after big shots, carried the team to the three seed last season. This season, started off a little bit slow, but he was picking up to almost a point where they was talking about MVP, then he got hurt. So... I'm definitely going to have Damian Lillard run and run with me anytime. For um, my shooting guard, I have Steph Curry because he's Steph Curry. The best shooter of all time, best three-point shooter of all time, a two-time MVP, won unanimously, um, the driving force of the um, Golden State Warriors, uh, rejuvenated the game and changed the game to the point where everybody want to shoot threes like Curry and shoot it far away and just pull up and just throw it down. Well, shoot it up. So, um, I got to have Steph Curry and Damian Lillard on my squad at the same time because that's just, that's just two marksmen because Damian Lillard's shot is really, really good. Just two marksmen on my squad that's just going to get it. Um, Wait, before you move on from Steph, um, I just want to say Steph is underrated as a finisher. I was thinking about that while you was talking about uh, uh, like, yeah, everybody knows Steph for the three-point shot, but I, I I just feel like Steph is a very underrated finisher at the rim. Definitely. 
I definitely agree. If you watch Steph Curry highlights, there's a as just as many you see threes, it's just as many you see little crossover moves straight to the goal, either getting fouled or making an one or just getting um or just getting to the holding and um drawing the foul. So Steph Curry is definitely underrated in a lot of aspects. When you look at him, I think people don't like really respect his game because he's not a uh a forward or something like that. He's not physically dominating the game, but he's doing it by skill. And people hate that. And he doesn't change the game. So I gotta have Steph Curry on my team. But then I'm also have to go with the GOAT as well. I have LeBron James at the three. Why? Because he's the best player of all time. A 16-time All-Star, three times finals MVP, four-time MVP. LeBron is physically the most gifted athlete of all time. He can get to the rim at will. He developed the post shot when he was in Miami. Now he's what is his logo, James? Now, hey man, <laughs> like he out here just uh, on his logo, LeBron. I think it was like logo LeBron. Ah, that's crazy. LeBron. He even got Jordan to say, and he hate LeBron. <laughs> I don't. Could have fooled me, but I'm LeBron, I'm not a LeBron. LeBron has done a lot for the game. He is the epitome of greatness. He has been the best player in the game for literally the past 10, 11 years. And that's better than Jordan. I feel LeBron is the greatest player of all time. And I got to have LeBron on my squad. Uh, he ain't like, walk away in the middle of his prime. Like, nah, he's, he's still peaking. Yeah. That's crazy. How you 35 and you still peaking? Averaging 27 and 8 for your career and definitely could have averaged more if you wanted to score more but you said you was a pass first four that can score at will and you top four all time scoring amazing the goat then I'm gonna have to go with Anthony Davis Anthony Davis is gonna bring defense and hold the fort down in the back um, he can shoot the three he has a post game and he is just a, a great overall player top five player highly underrated player because they say his game is finesse and stuff like that He's a seven-time All-Star and a three-time blocking champ, three-time All-Defensive. He's been in New Orleans New Orleans with nobody, and now he's with someone that can elevate him and not only elevate LeBron, if that was even possible, but they're doing it. So I got to have Anthony Davis on my team because I need the defense. Bro, the whole NBA is for now. Yes. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> you know, people always got to find something to talk about, though. You, hey, know? Man. you see what we do? <laughs> <laughs> then I'm going to have Rudy Gobert at the five. Because I already have people who can score. I have people that can get buckets. But I need defense, you know, because they might say Steph is a liability. And they might say Dame is a little bit too small. But with Anthony Davis, LeBron, and uh, Rudy Gobert, I can't. it's really hard to see anybody getting anything off on the perimeter. And it's definitely hard to see anybody just getting to their goal on Rudy Gobert because he is a two-time defensive player of the year. So his numbers might not look beautiful on the offensive end but that's not his role down there in Utah his 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 role is somewhat like Dennis Rodman go in there play defense and just kill it like that and get your buckets how you can whenever they come even Draymond. though earlier in the year he was complaining about not getting more buckets but know your role play your role Draymond. like stay in that role that's where you fit best that's where you just became a first time all-star and if you play like that in that role I'm definitely gonna have you on my team my sixth man I'm gonna go with Montrez Harrell because he definitely brings tenacity, defense, 
And now that he's developed longer in the league, he got an offensive game, almost averaging 20 points at will now. He's dominating the game on both ends. He can He's a rebounding machine. And I remember watching him back in Louisville. And, like, I was like, he might be something. But then he kind of, like, fell off. He kind of took a little bit to develop. And then now he's hitting the ground running like he was when he was in Louisville. So now I can see that same college player progressing to the NBA at his full potential. And it's kind of nice because he has – he was running for six men of the year last year with Lou Williams, and they was on the same team. They both come into the game and average 20 off the bench. That I can't lie, that's deadly. So I got to have my trace arrow, so I got a team full of shooters, scorers, and defensive players. Jordan? Who's your coach? I'm sorry. My coach, Who's of course. Coach? I'm going to have to go with my guy, Eric Spolstra. Eric Spoelstra is one of the greatest coaches in the game right now. And I think he should be talked about one of the greatest all time. Not saying top five or nothing, but he's around that top 20, top, well, not even say top 20, top 15, almost maybe top 10. Eric Spoelstra is a great coach. He's been holding the fort down even through Miami dark days. I remember when LeBron came down to Miami and they was talking about uh, firing Eric Spoelstra because LeBron didn't like him. Remember the little shoulder tap he did on the sideline? Like, I remember all of that. They wanted to let go of Eric Spoelstra. He was talking about not let go of the rope. And then as soon as, as, soon as he said that, they went on a killing spree and won a couple of championships. And nobody talked about Eric Spoelstra after that. LeBron left and he still held the fort down. We still made it to the playoffs. Even back when Dwayne Wade was there by himself, uh, Eric Spoelstra was able to get the Miami Heat to a fourth place seed when Dwayne Wade was just, you know, just really single-handedly winning games for the Heat. So I got to get with Eric Spoelstra. Um, I don't have a problem with anybody on that list. Um, but with my list, I'm going to go with Russ at the one. <clears throat> I feel like he leads the league in energy every year. Um, he would have been the first player to have a triple-double against every team in the league, but he came up one assist shy when they played Oklahoma City the first game. Um, it was on um, October 28th. But he still finished with 21 points, 12 um, rebounds. So, I mean, with Russ, you know what you're going to get every possession, every game, every season, all of that. You, he's going to give you 100, 110% every time he steps on the court. Um, when, he, when he first came in the league, he was known as more of a scoring guard, more of a two guard. But since 2015, like, he's averaged... 10 assists every year. So I've, I've definitely seen his game improve over the years. Um, now he averaged, um, he, like his first year, the first year he averaged a triple-double was the first year KD left. <clears throat> he averaged 31 and a half points, 10 and a half uh, rebounds, and 10 and a half assists. Like, that is crazy numbers to have 30, 31 and a half points and ten and a half assists, like you you basically winning games by yourself at that point. Um and he was extremely durable. Like before two thousand eleven he had not missed a game of basketball in his entire career. So um but then he missed sixteen games that year and then um in twenty thirteen he got hurt again and he missed uh, 36 games and he missed 15 in 2014 but since then he's played 73 games since so I mean he's back to the same old durable Westbrook that you can count on um, he's 
led the league in assists and in scoring twice in his career. Um, that's something he got. To, that's hard to do. Um, so, I mean, I feel like with Russ, as long as he doesn't turn the ball over, you're good. But that's a big if. Mm-hmm. Um, at two, I'm gonna go with my favorite player in the game right now, Clay Thompson. Um, I feel like if he wouldn't have got hurt last year, he would have been the Finals MVP because they would have needed him to be Clay to win. I don't, and I don't care what you say. Like they still had a chance to win, and somebody took a game-winning shot and they missed. So, mm. um, I feel mm. like Brendan said, Brendan said earlier that. Um, Kawhi is the best 3 and D guy. I'm not here to debate that. No, but I, I feel said. like Kawhi, you said arguably the best. Which I means. said that he's the top two, arguably number one. Okay, then. If that's he's... not what I just said. But anyway. <laughs> no. Um, anyway, I feel like, yes, I, I'm not saying that Clay's defense is better than Kawhi's, but if you combine offense and defense, I would take Clay over Kawhi because I feel like Clay can give you a more consistent bucket from anywhere on the court. I'm not saying Kawhi can't, but I would take Clay offensively before I take Kawhi offense. Um, I feel like like he is a extremely efficient shooter without having to be ball dominant, and that's like something you would dream of in this type of NBA. Um, he's a career 42% three-point shooter, career 46% um, field goal percent shooter, and he does all of that while averaging 16 shots a game. That's that's crazy. Um, he scored 37 and a quarter. He scored 60 points on 11 dribbles in one game. He scored 52 points in less than 30 minutes. That's crazy. And he also has the record for most threes in a game at 14. Hmm. Breaking another record by somebody else, you know. But um, at the three, I I debated with this. I was gonna go with Jimmy Butler, but I ended up going with Paul George. Um, basically just because he's a little bit taller, really. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason. Um, I feel like he's also a really good uh, two-way player. He's really underrated on defense. He plays like supremely good defense. Um, he, like that year when he was playing in Indiana by himself I know y'all like to say Roy Hibbert whoever I can't remember who I think he said Al Jefferson one time but man yeah, he was in Indiana by himself and he took LeBron to six or seven so I gotta give him credit for that um, well he wasn't um, he was by himself he wasn't but, uh, LeBron in Cleveland the first time by himself I didn't say he was. I said he pushed he LeBron made it seem to six like and that. seven. That's not what I've made it seem like. You I said, said he, he was by himself and he pushed. He was by himself and he pushed them to six or seven games. That's exactly what I said. But um, he averages two steals a game over his career, and he also averages six point five rebounds a game, which is um, pretty good. He also had um, sixteen rebounds in one game. You don't really hear that from a four. That's more of a, like, well, not from a three. You hear it from, like, a four, maybe a five. So, um, yeah, I feel like that was really impressive. Um, <clears throat> at the four, I'm going to go with Giannis. He's 
arguably the most dominating player in the game. If he ever gets a jump shot, like a, a super duper consistent jump shot, he will be the best player in the game. Um, you really can't stop him when he gets on, like when he puts his head down, he looks like a fresh rookie sophomore LeBron. Like when he puts his head down and goes to the rim, there's nothing you can do. Um, Every year he's improved his game. His points per game has gone up. His assists per game have gone up. His rebounds per game have gone up. He averages 29 and four and a half. And um, this year he's averaging 30, 14, and six. And he won the MVP last year. And I'm pretty sure he will win the MVP this year. Granted, LeBron has something to say about it. And the LeBron fanboys will make sure that it will be closer than it needs to be, but I feel like Giannis has done enough and should hold him off. But, I mean, it's not a guarantee. Um, and at the five, I'm going to go with Joel Embiid. Um, wow. This is really the toughest position I was going to pick. It was between Joel Embiid and Boogie Cousins. Um, and I can't not pick Joel Embiid because he stays hurt and pick Boogie Cousins, who also stays hurt. So I'm going to pick the one who's healthy now. Um, he missed two seasons, basically, 2014 to, through 2016. And then when he finally came back, he missed 31 games. He only played 31 games. And he only averages 24, 11 and a half um, over his career. But he does average two blocks a game. And he has a career 32% from the three-point um, line. But he only takes four threes a game. So I feel like that's good. You're not... You're not yeah, living yeah. and dying by the three. You're taking smart shots, and I can live with that. Um, as my sixth man, I went with uh, Landry Shamit. Um, I'm not going to lie. I had no clue who this was until um, 2K came out, really. Um, I decided to start playing with the Clippers this year, and I was using them, and I like I don't like playing with the Peacock. I, I like to see what teams have a good bench. So I was playing with them, and I just went off with Landry Shaman. I was like, who is this? So I went back, watched some of his highlights. He went to Wichita State. Um, yeah, he can hoop, like, for real, for real hoop. He can get buckets. Um, he only averages nine points a game, but he comes off the bench on a loaded team and, average, and only averages 25 minutes. So that's not bad. <clears throat> but as I was doing my digging, I found out that he was originally drafted by the 76ers. And he was brought in over from the 76ers for that Tobias Harris trade, which while I'm going back and looking at this trade, I feel like the 76ers got finesse because they only got Tobias Harris. They gave away um, Landry Shamit. They gave away some draft picks and they also gave away Mike Muscala. And you might think, wow, that's not a big name. Who cares about that? But the Clippers split Mike Muscala for uh, Zubak, who is a big contributor for their team. So I feel like that was a a really, really, really good underrated trade by Jerry West. And that I feel like that trade did not get the credit that it deserved. And they still ended up making the playoffs without Tobias here. Um, and with my, and going on to them making the playoffs without Tobias here, my coach would be Doc Rivers because of what he not just because of what he did last year with the Clippers team with no all-star, but 
that definitely played a role. Um, he can lead teams that are star-driven to championships like he did with the um, Celtics, or he can lead teams that have absolutely no business being in the playoffs and upsetting teams like the Warriors and taking two games and arguably should have taken three. Um, if KD just didn't have the game of his life in game five, game six, I think that it probably would have went game would have went seven. But yeah. Well, it I, was only a matter of time before one of them four go out. Three, one, I mean, it, I mean, granted, I agree with you. It's not, I'm not saying that the Clippers were better than the Warriors or that they should have won the series, but that series was much closer than it should have been, due in part to Doc Rivers. And he has a career uh, 58% winning percentage. He's nine, he has 938 wins. He has one championship with the Celtics, like I mentioned. He made it to the finals, um, I believe, two years later, and they lost to Kobe in seven. Mm-hmm. Extremely Kobe series. That was when I I said it before on this podcast. That was the series that made me start watching Kobe. Um, and he's 84 and 83 career-wise in the playoffs. So, I mean, I feel like there's absolutely nothing wrong you can say about Doc Rivers. He's a great leader and he played the game at a high level for, I believe, 11 years. So, he definitely knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that they're just letting him coach. Uh, right. Anybody um, that was around, well, any player that I've heard that was around when Doc Rivers was, um, he was wearing all those different hats, they, uh, they'll all say, especially Matt Barnes, he's like the advocate for it. Well, I, I just hear, I, I hear him say it the most often, that uh, when he was wearing all those hats, trying to be the GM and president of basketball operations, it felt like he was doing too much. And um, once he got back to just coaching, he could be Doc Rivers. And you see it. Um, I could definitely agree with that. Um, when the season was suspended, they probably were going to uh, match up with the Lakers for the Western Conference uh, championship. So um, I feel like, uh, well, us three on the podcast, um, know about Doc Rivers, but I feel like uh, people in the league know uh, know and give credit to Doc. Like, um, people want uh, want to come play and um, play for Doc. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know how people want right. to go to San Antonio and play for Pop or back um, you know, Phil Jackson. Uh, people wanted to go play for Phil Jackson. Mellow. Um, but yeah, Doc is one of those coaches. I said all that to say that Doc is one of those coaches that um, he acquires talent because he's good at his job. Right. Doc's an OG. Right. He's just not getting past LeBron. Hey, what's going on? Can't get enough of Not Another Sports Podcast? Well, you can follow us on social media. At Not Another Sports Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and N underscore A underscore S underscore podcast on Twitter. And keep up with everything Not Another Sports Podcast. We appreciate y'all's support and y'all make sure y'all subscribe. And back to the show. Yeah, this concludes another episode of your favorite podcast, Not Another Sports Podcast. Make sure to follow me 
on all social media at Rob was there. And this is Kevin. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at ShineKevo. Yeah, and this is Jordan. You can follow me on Instagram at this underscore guy 11 and on Twitter at this underscore guy 11. And y'all make sure y'all continue to social distance so we can get our sports back so no we can cap. go back to normal. No because at this point, watching paint dry is not as boring as they say it is. Well, y'all have a good one. Roll Tide. Go Roll Tide.